The Mickey Yearbook Sportscast returns. I am Doug. Yeah, we were at a game. If you want to complain about that, says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com or if you're a nurse or flight attendant. So how are things going for a Cinderella baseball champion this year? If you're just joining this podcast, if you've never heard it before, since the early 90s, which we like to quote, baseball has had in all that time only two true small market champions, the 2003 Marlins and the 2015 Royals. Meaning for all the talk about parity, MLB has been really predictable now for three decades. It's not the only reason, but to me that's a problem that has hurt interest in baseball. By small market, we mean franchises that are below the league average payroll. Currently, 16 clubs fit that description. So, how many potential Cinderella's do we have this year? The answer is six small market or low revenue, which is actually a great way to put it. Teams are still in the playoff race. They are the athletics for the last time. Don't call in the A's. There's been focus groups, brandies. There's been even live mascots on the field to make sure that you call in the athletics. Do not call in the A's. The Brewers, Twins, Indians, Rays, and Diamondbacks. That's Four teams on the American League side and two on the National League side. Teams from the American League Central Division shouldn't even count since every team in that division has a small payroll, so any team, pick one, would count as a Cinderella, but the Twins and Indians are legit. They'd be among the best teams in any division in baseball, so they definitely count. The National League Central, on the other hand, has a Rebels versus the Empire feel every year with the big two, Cubs and Cardinals, and the little three, or everyone else. The Empire this year should win the division, but the little three Brewers are ahead of the Cubs in the wild card. So, six Cinderella contenders. But only four are likely to make the playoffs, which is ironic since five small fries would make the postseason, but the small market athletics, Rays, and Indians are all competing against each other. Four feel-good stories out of ten playoff teams does not sound like a lot. And it's not but it's an improvement over the three low-revenue teams in last year's playoffs and the three Cinderella's in the 2017 postseason. But this is not progress. In fact, comparatively, the present makes nine years ago look completely out of control. In 2011, the vast majority, the vast majority, five of eight playoff teams had small payrolls. Half of the 2012 playoff field were have-nots. Six of the 10 playoff teams in 2013 were have-nots. And half the postseason was low-revenue or cute and fuzzy teams in 2014. Even in all those years, though, there wasn't a single Cinderella champion. The point is, this is not good for the sport. Low-revenue franchises do pull surprises. It looks like the Brewers, for example, are going to eliminate the Cubs, MLB's second-highest payroll. And low-revenue franchises do reach the World Series, but not often. And again, they've only won twice in about a quarter century. And there hasn't been a small market uprising either. Additional Cinderella's are never in the playoffs. They just keep replacing each other in the same handful of slots. The Rangers, uh, the Reds, Athletics, Pirates, Rays, Diamondbacks, Brewers, they're all interchangeably taking each other's places. Tampa's back, but the Orioles are gone, etc. So the playoffs are generally either full of the same old teams or teams you can see coming a mile away, the ones who can afford to spend a fortune. Yes, the other big American sports have rich champions too, but baseball is the only one where you just never know doesn't really apply. If you can't or won't spend money, there's no hope. 
So we were distracted. We were onto a story. We were at a game, onto a story, and all of a sudden, butterfly, a monarch butterfly flew by. Now, this is way up high at the top of a press box at a stadium, and a monarch butterfly flies by. I had no idea that they could fly that high, and maybe neither did this one. It's sad when a season goes away. When a season passes into the offseason, it's sad and all we're left with are answers. But now we have answers. Joseph Newgarden is officially a star. 28-year-old Newgarden won his second IndyCar points title and his second in three years, so we know that. Newgarden now has a big advantage over the similarly aged rising star Alexander Rossi, who so far has no points titles, so we know that. Rossi, again, if you're just joining this podcast, he had an ocean of momentum coming into 2019. He kind of got the feeling that he just ran out of races in 2018. But this year, Newgarden kept him at arm's length all season. We also know intriguing potential star Zach Veach did not have a good 2019. He introduced a showcase on The Price is Right, but unfortunately, that was easily the high point. What we still don't know yet is if Newgarden will ever go even somewhat mainstream. This is, this is the same speech from two years ago. He's young, funny, American, and a champion. Yet last time out, as far as we could tell, Joseph Newgarden didn't receive a single national endorsement. Bizarrely, fellow driver James Hinchcliffe is currently the national spokesperson for Honda in ads that are seen everywhere, not just during races. Will Madison Avenue or the internet... See any value in Newgarden now that he's a two-time champion? The guess is no. But I really hope I'm wrong. Someone should at least use Newgarden ironically. He must come somewhat cheap. Someone should at least use him ironically in an ad for gain or Safeway. And then again, we got distracted because there was an army, a horde of monarch butterflies out at this game. Unless, and this is true, unless the same one kept flying past over and over and over. The 14-month-long Road to an Emmy Award ended really weirdly, if you missed it. From the second, Patricia Clarkson appeared in the HBO limited series Sharp Objects in summer 2018. There weren't going to be no one better on TV all year. Patricia Clarkson got nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Sharp Objects, all right. But she didn't win. In fact... The Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie Category, as it's called, unfortunately forced us to root against the great Patricia Arquette because we were pulling for Patricia Clarkson. Patricia Arquette won for the Hulu show The Act. It also, unfortunately, forced us to root against a May 22, the patron saint of quirky girls, no less, Molly Ephraim, who was a guest on The Act. That category also had Patricia Arquette win playing an overprotective mother trying to control an independent child, in part by intentionally making her sick, leading to murder. That beat out Patricia Clarkson eight months earlier, playing an overprotective mother trying to control an independent child, in part by intentionally making her sick, leading to murder. Important disclaimer, we didn't watch the act, but nonetheless, we stand by it. You cannot be serious. For essentially the same role, there weren't no one better than Patricia Clarkson all year. Now, you'd be right to guess sour grapes, but I promise if we'd done seen someone better, we'd admit it.